Hi, uh, d- uh, shit. Welcome uh, back to the Emo Social Club. You're doing great. I know. Um, we haven't had an episode in a while, so I forgot how to do it. <laughs> uh, and there's a dog on this one, so it's going to be really tough to... It's our first time interviewing a dog. Yeah. Recent puppy school graduate. <laughs> Recent <Love> puppy <laughs> school graduate. That's up an hour ago. Mushroom. Um, hi, welcome back. So we are interviewing uh, a couple friends of ours. Uh, in anticipation of our emo karaoke event, uh, this is coming up the Monday before that. So this Wednesday, uh, we'll be back at Emporium, uh, doing the emo karaoke, raising money for our music, my body. And we have a couple guests to talk more about that. Uh, first we have our returning guest, Maggie, if you want to introduce yourself, (laughs) just a quick Uh, blurb. Yeah. Remind everyone. Uh, hi everyone. Uh, I'm Maggie. (laughs) Um, I'm comfortable with the she or they pronouns interchangeably. I am a prevention educator for resilience. Uh, so I spend most of my days hanging out with young people talking about consent. And then as campaign coordinator of our music, my body, I spend my nights talking to older people about consent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, you can go ahead. Uh, it's our new friend Elle and her, uh, and mushroom. Sweet pup mushroom. Sweet pup mushroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, sure. So we tried to bite her face Sometimes. right after I said that. Yeah, yeah she's acting a little odd now. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Elle. I work for Between Friends as a prevention educator. So I do similar to Maggie. I go into schools, talk to middle school and high school kids about healthy relationships and warning signs of abuse and things like that. And then in the evenings, I work on the venue coordination end of getting people to be at all the shows that we work at and talking about safe music spaces <laughs> and the likes. She is trying to get comfortable right now. Shrimp is not sure. <laughs> Maybe she'll just chill. Yeah. I'm really hoping that like people will legitimately listen to this podcast just because they will hear a dog in it. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be the opening to the post is there's a yeah. dog that we interviewed. There's a dog in this episode. <laughs> Everything else, the dog. <laughs> Yes. So this is, uh, like I said, in anticipation of the uh, emo karaoke to raise money for our music, my body. Um, obviously, every time we've done this before, we've done it for uh, Black Lives Matter. We've done it for uh, Chicago Abortion Fund. Um, we've been working with you guys as a as an organization pretty much since the beginning of our podcast because you guys are our, our third interview, yeah. uh, our first interview, our third episode. Yeah. Um, so maybe we want to go over a little bit of like what your organization does again and um, kind of like what we're raising money for, what the money is going to be used for, um, and just kind of like why people will come and support you. Yeah. I'm not saying if they want to. I'm like, no, when you do, like, <laughs> what are you supporting? Well, you should. <laughs> yeah. And you're all there. I appreciate that. So Our Music, My Body is a campaign that lives between two anti-violence agencies, Between Friends, where Elle works, um, that focuses more on domestic violence support and prevention, and Resilience, where I hang out, that focuses more on survivors of sexual violence. Um, And the whole 
the Cliff Notes ver version of our story is that two prevention educators, one at each agency, um, were sort of members of their own like local DIY music scenes, respectively, and they were noticing slash hearing stories of people experiencing a whole lot of sexual harassment, um, gender-based discrimination, all these things that we've like, you know heard about mm -hmm. for years um and decided that they had the knowledge and like the sort of tools to do some prevention work in that space specifically uh and so they started the campaign and that was about three years ago and since then it's only changed over two hands as in like it was handed to me and then it was handed to you yeah and here we are and here we are um and we have sort of grown momentum the last couple of years, um, both in that, you know, our partnerships ex have expanded throughout Chicago. We've done some travel in other states to do festivals <laughs> elsewhere, which is exciting. And this year, we have interns. We do have interns. <laughs> and we, yeah. Which is the true mark of a successful we really moved up in the world. nonprofit campaign. <laughs> How's that going for you guys? They're great. Yeah, they're so yeah, great. Yeah, they are very efficient shout out to our interns truly though like we i think the biggest most exciting thing is that we're getting to a point now where we're able to um start making some some forward movement whereas before we were really like just kind of triaging putting out fires now we're like getting to a spot where we've we've established some relationships in the city and we're like able to make some moves yeah, I feel like we're able to, like, expand on, like, all of our hopes and dreams of what we wanted to be able to do. For a long time, we were just, like, on a treadmill trying to yeah. just, like, make sure that we keep getting shit done yeah. in yeah. time. Yeah. Moving bags from venue to venue yeah. every other second. Yeah. Cause and now we're moving on. Yeah. Which is a great – it was a great problem to have because, really, it was happening because – so many venues and festivals were like, oh my God, you guys exist. Like, mm. let us give you everything. So yeah. it's not like I'm complaining about no. that. <laughs> no, no. We're just like, you know, we want to do more cool stuff. Um, like one thing we're trying to work out is like a music ambassadorship program. So we want to find some musicians who dig what we're doing and want to help us spread the message. So if that is you when you're listening, you should reach out to us uh -huh. and we can talk more because we're still trying to figure out what that looks like yeah. and means yeah. and how we can support ambassadors and how they can support us. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But, yeah. What kind, of, uh, what kind of things would a music ambassador help you out with? Like, what would they, what would be a, a thing that you'd want a music ambassador to do? I think just like having concert goers who come to their shows know that there's somebody who like is working with us and like is trying to make sure that their spaces are safe for everyone who comes into them. Um, shouting us out on their social medias, like working hard to create the spaces that we want all of the music spaces to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, having us at their shows other, yeah, that's why we said reach out to us. We're still in very early stages yeah. of deciding what that's going to look like and yeah. how we can support each other if those partnerships emerge. One really great thing that we have on our side is that one of our interns, um, Kate Ark, is in a band of her own. And so she has really kind of like helped us understand what our work looks like from that 
side of the whole thing. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> you didn't really know. Um, so something new that we've been working on with venues that we have partnerships in is putting something in the band advance, which mm. if you're unfamiliar, is basically like the contract that every band gets before they play at a place. And the venue has like one advance that's just kind of their general thing. They sign the bottom and it's done. And so something that um, Kate let it, like let us on to was the fact that like every band has to read this thing. And so if there's a statement in there somewhere about like this is the kind of space we want to create, then there's a higher chance that the band's actually going to see it and like you know, if they feel some type of way, that would be a better way for them to contact us, like all that kind of stuff. So that's been really exciting, and we super wouldn't have been able to do that if we didn't have a musician like on our team. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> and the venues have responded pretty well to that. Like anytime we yeah. talk to them about wanting to do that, they're all like excited about the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's lots of hoops. Hoops. Is sure. that the word? Is that what I want to say? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> a lot of, I mean, that's all legal documents, so there's ways that things have to be phrased. But yeah. they've been pretty excited about having the opportunity. <laughs> do you think that, um, I mean, I know it's been a couple years now, but like, do you think that it's getting generally easier to get partnerships? Like, are people really responding much better? Like, I know even like at Riot Fest this year, like I got a notification like the first day like for the Riot Fest app that was like, hey, make sure to check out our friends at our Music My Body at their booth. And it's like for a, for a festival to sort of shout that out to everybody at that point, I'm like, well, it must be like they're like super legit. Everybody's like, yeah, we, we know them. We want to work with them. Like I can imagine that, but maybe <laughs> I'm seeing it from the other side. No, knowing I didn't you guys. realize that Riot Fest did that on their app that yeah. day. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a push notification and cool. they'll just send out whatever throughout the day. You knew that? <laughs> Yeah, well, because people came up and told oh, us. Oh, yeah. nobody told me that yeah. when I was there. Um, Riot's been great. They are, like, very excited about having us there. I think it is getting a lot easier. We've had other festivals, like, reach out to us, like Sad Summerfest, mm-hmm. which was, like, a touring festival this summer. Yeah, that I'm that's, sure where, that's where we, we intersected. Yeah. <laughs> they reached out to us specifically, like, before the tour even started because they had had some issues with some bands that were supposed to be on their yeah. tour. Yeah. They found us and were, like... What should we do? <laughs> and the people in charge were like, we really want to like respond to this in the best way that we can. Like, what support can you give us? So they ended up having us like um, posters that we created and like our policy for their mm. entire tour and then had us present at the Chicago show, which was pretty cool. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the biggest difference like over time is just that more <clears throat> like festivals and like independent venues and bands even are just like finding out that we exist and one thing that I've also seen that makes me super excited is that there are folks in other states who are reaching out to us who are like I'm trying to you know have some type of similar initiative where I live and I googled it to see if anyone else is doing it (laughs) and you were the only ones who came up so like what advice do you have to give which like makes me so happy because like I, I think I probably, this is a really stale joke, I make it all the time, and I'm pretty sure I said it last time, but, like, the whole, my whole, like, MO is to, like, work myself out of a job. Like, I want mm-hmm. to, like, spread this message as far and wide as I can so that, like, other people pick up on it and we can eventually, like, not have to exist. You know what I mean? Like, right. we want to be able yeah. to, like make other folks feel like they have the like power to do the same thing have you guys ever considered possibly doing like kind of like volunteers out of state 
I know when I interned for Hope for the Day, that's what we had there, is that we had yeah. kind of like a resource of certain people. So it was like, say that there was like um, like a show going on and they wanted them there, but obviously not everyone could pick up from Chicago and go to like <laughs> yeah. Kansas or something. Yeah. Um, they had like resource people and then they would just send them the resources. Would you guys ever try to consider maybe doing that eventually? Well, we are launching our website on November 20th, same day as <laughs> plug there. Um, and one of the things that's going to be on there, because right now we just get like a lot of emails from different people from all over and we, I think we respond to most of them, but we only have mm-hmm. so much like ability to like really send them all of the information that they need. So one of the things on the website is going to be if you are somebody who's like out of state and you want more information, like being able to like download a package with like... Mm-hmm what do we call it, our deck or whatever, which mm-hmm. we're working on updating as well. Um, having out-of-state volunteers someday would be super cool <laughs> and super cool. exciting. It's just having, yeah, the time, I guess. Well, and, like, figuring out sort of, like, how do we want to make sure that we can guarantee continuity, I guess. Right, like, and that they're saying, like, the messages we want, like, our name yeah. is being put on, like, the proper messaging in another yeah. state. Mm-hmm. Our biggest, like advice or sort of like what I tell everybody when they reach out about this stuff is like um before you do anything further find your local anti-violence agency or rape crisis Mm -hmm. agency or domestic violence agency and like have a conversation with their um outreach team or prevention team because most of them have one um and probably their jobs look pretty similar to Elle's and mine Um, and so they'll be able to talk to you about sort of like you know this is how this is how we explain this this is how we spread this message here are the resources available blah 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 blah. because it's like a lot to try to do all by yourself and you don't have to and also too like thinking of like you're say someone is like we're gonna make an our music my body chapter in like pittsburgh and then they go to all these shows and they table and they hand out resources and it's really groovy and then all these people in pittsburgh start like blowing up the phone of this agency that they just like gave out numbers to that might be overwhelming. Yeah. So like thinking of like when you're giving people resources, expect them to use them. So like yeah, be true. ready on the other end, you make know. Make sure they know. Yeah, make sure yeah. they know. Make sure that they're like on, you know, the same wavelength that you are. And like maybe they'll be they'll wanna help. Maybe they'll wanna like give you volunteers. Like, you know, you don't have to do it by yourself. Yeah. Uh, would you guys ever consider if like if like Sad Summerfest was like, oh, we want you on the entire tour. Like, would you guys ever go out on a tour? Or has anybody ever asked you that? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, we've gone to out of state festivals before, yeah. so we've worked like show festivals in California and festivals. I think that it, like our bosses would want us to be paid enough to <laughs> yeah. do that. I would go yeah. on tour with Sad Summerfest if they were like, yeah, we'll give you this amount of money and come do this for yeah. starting the summer. I don't have school. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I'll go. Sad summer fans, if you're listening, they're not. <laughs> we try to get them to listen. Uh, our music, our body, yeah. my body over here. Let's uh, you want to bring us on tour with you? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, like, not to get super woo woo, but like, I am a Cancer Moon, so I'm kind of a homebody. So like, I also am a Cancer Moon, but I 
love to travel, so I yeah. will go all over the country doing this. You know, birth charts, I had one of my friends do mine, and then she sent it to me, and I had no idea what it meant. I just looked at it, and I'm like, can you tell me what this is? She's like, it's just so much. And I'm, like, I'm so bad at it. I don't, listen, that's, that's what like, my therapist says, too, but listen. That's like she didn't know what it meant. my stories, but whenever people are like, well, this is this, and I'm like, I don't know, just tell me what that means. What, what is going to happen to me today? Is, is Twitter going to tell me what's going to happen today yeah. on Astro Poets? All right, we're fine. Yeah. Yeah, Black Lives Matters is doing like a um, trivia night that's all astrology. I know, and I would want lo- I love trivia, but I would fail. Yeah, I have absolutely <laughs> no I idea. Have no about chance. I have no idea. Would you know stuff? Should we make a team? I, only, I feel like I only know stuff about signs that are like you know ones that I have or like people close to me. Like you know what I mean? It's almost like yeah, yeah I can get around Chicago in like the three neighborhoods that I'm in most of the time. <laughs> but I was so that's I would never fair. Say. That's yeah. so fair. I'm not even that like I know I'm a cancer. <laughs> I think I'm a cancer like all of them, which really? is like wild. That it would be wild. My friend read my chart once and was like, Whoa, you're real emotional. And I, I was, was like, say, yeah, sure. You're just like wow. made of tears. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's such a vibe. <laughs> I don't cry very often, so maybe she was wrong. <laughs> I one time a coworker, I was like, Oh, you're a cancer, like da-da-da. What did I even say? Um, he was like, Oh, well, what is that supposed to mean? And I was like, Well, that they well, they tend to feel a lot of feelings about a lot of things. <laughs> that was like this perfect moment of like proving it right. <laughs> exactly what you're doing right now. Yeah. Uh, but, so Brian, what is your what's your zodiac sign? Aquarius. Which I've been told makes I a, know lot a lot of sense. Of Aquariuses. That's like February, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's my best friends. Yeah. I I've know been... too many Aquariuses. Well, there you you're go. one of the nice ones though. Like, thanks. <laughs> Every Aquarius I know is so sweet. It's like I've been told like you you are the type of person to start something and then like get really interested in like other things. So like, I'm not good at finishing things and I'm like, is that true? I don't know. I look back at my life and I go, Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) But I've also known it about myself. It's like, I I like trying new things. I like having new experiences. I like traveling. I like all those kind of things where it's like, that's just part of kind of what that is, is like you want new experiences more than you want to continue to have the same experiences over and over again. Um, so I see that, but a lot of the stuff I'm like, no, I don't, I don't know if I really believe any of this. I'm like, Oh, the thing with astrology is I feel like you can make it any, but like, you can can interpret it. Me. Yeah. That's me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, but no, I'm not an Aquarius. Yeah. So I think anytime I read like the horoscopes, I'm like, oh, for sure. It's like vague and specific at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh-huh. like, oh yeah, I do this because they you're a, really a person, human being. Yeah. It's like, oh, human beings do the similar things because of how uh, they're how the act? same species. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. That's odd. Yeah. That's weird. Interesting that our culture tends to have a lot of people doing the same things <laughs> in it. Interesting ideas Wild. out there with the moons and shit. I was I always check my Sunday horoscope because I'm a Sagittarius and they're all like, Well it's been a rough year. No shit, thank you. <laughs> Every week they tell you it's been a rough year. Yeah, it's like it's gonna get better, it's okay. And I'm like, But when? You've been telling me this for six months. Why is your horoscope just yeah. yelling all time low lyrics at you? I mean, I do that myself, so I don't know why yeah. I have a random Twitter account doing it to me. You're I really just want things bombarded. to be okay. It's like you should do that thing that you didn't want to do. And I was like they okay, always I, say that. Yeah, like anything. You it and you're like, what? Well, and I was like, oh, that totally applies to me. And then I did the thing I didn't want to do. And guess what? It didn't end up well. <laughs> Listen. And then, and then the next and then it's week, like, it it's okay. Like, it's okay to take chances. And then yeah. it's, <laughs> it's like, you feel, you feel better about it. <laughs> do I? 
<laughs> yeah, it's like they say something one week and they're like, we got to follow up with those people. We told, like, there's a lot of people that just lost their job. Yeah. There's a lot of people who like cut all their hair off. Like there's a bunch of people that like, are going through it now. Like just thinking like the worst case scenario. Somebody's like, what if I just straight up leave my family or some crazy yeah. shit like that? Like they're like, that's what my horoscope said. I'm like a Sagittarius moon. Oh my Whatever God. the fuck that means. I don't know. I've had friends who have had very shitty things happen to them and like situations. And then they're always like, well, Mercury's in retrograde. And I'm like, this is not validating what's happening right no. now. I'm like, your partner just sucks. Like, yeah. this is, like leave them. <laughs> this is not because the Mercury is going in a different direction. <laughs> you, you know, all these memes that says like, oh, my boyfriend, leave him. That's just yeah. what it is. That's yeah. just what it is across the board. It's yeah. not your You're horoscope. You're not going to make up excuses. <laughs> Yeah. I was like the one that's like, what planet am I supposed to blame for what's going on with yeah. me right now? <laughs> like somebody told me that like, Mercury's in retrograde right now till like next week or I don't know. I have no idea what. It was just recently. Oh, and it. then I was like, oh, so what is what does that mean? My life's in chaos. It's always in chaos. Yeah. What's the difference? <laughs> well, the funny Things thing the about same. it is that Mercury is in retrograde. I think four times a year for three weeks each. So yeah, when you it's think about all the time. it, it's like so much of the year. Have you seen the things that were like, let's take Mercury out of the microwave? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but those are my favorite <laughs> memes last week. I know, week. I know. I know. <laughs> but yeah, but then there's also like, well, Mercury's about to be, or it just was. Yeah, so really, like, when you think of it, it's like the whole year. Every, yeah. You know what? It's Mercury's a dumpster always fire. It's fine. It's a, a dumpster fire. The world is the garbage. World's ending. Astrology is not a dumpster fire. The world is a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. My so zodiac sign is dumpster fire. And here's, and here's the we thing. We use it to feel better. And you don't need it to guide you, because according to one of my friends at work, we're all going to die in 10 years anyway, so yeah. fucking YOLO. I mean, the climate yeah. wars, so it's yeah. fine, guys. Yeah, Jane Fonda says we got 11 years, and I believe yeah. anything she says. Yeah. So. Didn't she just get arrested for it? Yeah. She got Her and Ted Danson so went yeah, to jail. We, yeah. Her and Ted Danson. We Ted believe Danson in both of them. The microphones was pretty. Our mic. The, the, the Yeah. I was like, what are these? <laughs> zip ties? What are they? Oh, oh yeah, the fake zip ties. Yeah. 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 He looked so happy. He did. I was like, okay, Ted Danson. It's like, yeah. He's the most smug, like, old white guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Take a seat, friend. But it's also like the rich white friend. people can't afford to get arrested for climate change. Like Jane yeah. Fonda and Ted Danson, like yeah. I mean Jane Fonda's getting arrested is like bet I'll get arrested every week. Yeah. Guess yeah. what? I'm and back like, again. I'll get out now. I know. I'm a millionaire. Yeah. Anyway, I'll I don't think we got to really properly introduce you fully, so okay. we could <laughs> jump back into that. Yeah, yeah, what are we how much you, sh- you should talk about like well I know don't include this part. I know that you were like obligated to pick up this role as part of your job. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, there is more. But you know, like, off the record. But I feel like you also wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to. So you talk about like why you give a shit. Sure. <laughs> Are you not going to include all the things she just said? Because you could put that in. We could just keep going rolling with. I mean, let's it's, roll. It didn't really it. fall on me. It wasn't <laughs> obligated. It was just like. I started my job at Between Friends, and then very quickly, the other person who used to run our music, My Body, was, like, transitioning out of Between Friends, and then it's just... There was a lot of confusion in my agency on whether it was going to come to me or whether we were going to, like, spread it through the agency, and then it was on me, which was great, and I was excited for it. There was just a few... There was a couple months where me and Maggie were unsure on who was doing what, Mm -hmm. and... I really wanted it to be me, so I pushed for that, and then my agency <laughs> gave it to me, and so here I am. Um, I was really excited about our music, my body, when I first started my job at Between Friends, because doing prevention work with young people is super dope, and I love it, but then being able to like 
mesh my love for live music and going to shows and festivals with talking about the stuff that I get to talk to young people about all the time was like the dream. It's sort of like turned into my dream job without me wanting it. Not wanting, I wanted it to, but without me <laughs> thinking that's what was going to happen. Yeah. I thought I was just going to be like a prevention educator with young people. My plan was just to keep the job for like a year and then like figure out what I was going to do next. But then it all sort of like molded into our music, my body becoming a bigger part of what my job title is. And I'll probably stick around for a little bit. <laughs> no. <laughs> Love that. I might stay, stay for a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> take a load off <laughs> but yeah i moved to chicago for this job between friends so oh, i've wow. been in chicago for a year and like a month now Ooh. 13 13 months is it your anniversary when september 29th was my first day at Ooh. between friends wow i didn't know that yeah so <laughs> well we just had a party at my house <laughs> i just had a housewarming i just moved um, yeah, so I've been here for 13 months now. I moved here without ever having been to Chicago before. I got offered this job on a Tuesday. I also got offered a job in Brooklyn on Tuesday, and I had 24 hours to drink a lot of wine and do pros and cons lists with my wow. mom and decide which That's city fair. I was going to move to. Wow. And I was That's like, the best way. I can't afford Brooklyn. I guess I'll move to Chicago. <laughs> and then they were like, can you start on Monday? And this was like Wednesday. And I was like... Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, Lord. for sure. And so I like got in my car and like drove to Chicago and I was like, Ooh. ended up finding a realtor that did like a free service to help you find an apartment. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. And then I was like, this is how much I can afford. And this is where my office is. And so knowing nothing about Chicago, they put me in a studio in Edgewater, which was fine. I lived there mm-hmm. for a year. Now I live in Humboldt. I like it a lot more. It's more, cl- more central. Yeah. But when I was moving to Chicago, I was on the phone with my best friend as I was like driving on Lakeshore Drive. This is embarrassing. I shouldn't tell this story. No, you should. <laughs> I don't even know the story. I'm like, I, oh, this is like a fact you should have known growing up in America. But like I grew up in Savannah, Georgia. Never. I guess I spent some time in the Midwest. My mom's from Indiana. But I was driving in and I was like, what is this body of water? And my friend was like you know Chicago's on a lake, right? And I was like, I had no idea. Oh so that was embarrassing. Been to the beach? Lake Michigan Beach? Since I've moved here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I lived okay, in Edgewater, so I lived like a block I was about to say, you had the, the Hollywood Beach. It's on the edge yeah. of the water. Yeah. I was by the water all the time. I haven't been to the beach since I moved. It's this far now. Well, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Since I moved to Humboldt. Yeah, okay. But I used to like run along the lakefront when I lived in Edgewater. Oh, fancy. Like the three mm-hmm. times I went on a run in the <laughs> <laughs> You're the, the dater, I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. And then you're like, Ashley, never fucking yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, you guys mentioned that you are going to be at some shows uh, with a booth and mm-hmm. some shows coming up. Um, so what are some of those that you're going to be at? So we have a longstanding partnership with um, Subterranean and mm-hmm. Beat Kitchen and Shubas and Lincoln Hall. So those are like our main partnerships where I like them in talks with them every few weeks about what shows we can be at. So for like every month, we put out feelers to our volunteers, tell them to look at all the shows that are going to be at those venues and let us know which ones like they would maybe want to be at. And then I just sort of choose a few at random with help from the guys at the venues. And then I put them on the calendar and then we hope the volunteers sign up for all of them but um trying to think what shows we're at this week we were supposed to be at Allie Barter on Wednesday but her tour got pushed till December so that's not happening anymore um we're gonna be at Harley Poe at Beat Kitchen this weekend some folk punk 
I went and saw Beans on Toast last week, and I worked the table, but Beans on Toast is, like, one of my favorite folk punk artists, and he's, like, pretty big in the UK, so I expected, like, there to be, there was, like, 23 people in the room, maybe, and I was, like, "Mm." and then he came up to me at the table and was, like, talking, and then he was, like, oh, my... also, I felt like a weirdo because I, like, know a lot of stuff about him because he's one of my favorite artists. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's like, normal. Oh, my friend Frank Turner runs Safer Gigs for Women in the UK, which is, like, the equivalent of, like, our music, my body in the UK. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know. And then I was like, man, this is weird that I know that you're friends with him. And then the back of my phone case is the lead singer Frightened Rabbit. And he, like, pointed it out and was like, oh, I toured with them at one point. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, I came to this show because I genuinely like you. There were, like, a lot of people there who I don't think knew who he was. They were just, like, at sub tea for the evening. And I was wow. like, you are one of my favorite artists. This is weird. Also, did I tell you what happened at that show? No. This was wild. Oh. (laughs) Then I'll tell you what other shows we're going to work out. But we were, he was like, so he plays a lot of like politically charged music. And I'm not even really sure what song he was playing when this all happened. It all happened super quickly. Also, it was a very white room. A lot of white people in there, (laughs) which is fine. I was probably the darkest person in the room. I'm like Iranian for anyone who can't see me. Um, And so... He's like playing one of his really political songs and there was this two guys there who were both very intoxicated and one of them just like, he like plays just his guitar and he had like gotten off stage and was like standing in the crowd because there were so few people there and he just and like... And because folk punk. Yeah, yeah. and because folk punk. <laughs> yeah. It's just, so, it's just like, how it works. These two like dudes who were pretty intoxicated didn't know all of his music. They were like there to see him and they were singing along and I think one of the songs he was singing about was like about Brexit and about how like people in the UK are racist. Yeah. And then this dude just like yells that... I can say the N-word because my friend said I could say the N-word. And he just, like, but he said it. And it was just, oh. like, total silence. And everyone was like, what just what just happened? <laughs> and then everyone in the room was like, dude, no, no. And his friend is, like, holding his face and he's like, no. But then he just oh continues God. to yell that he's allowed to say it because his friend who he works with told him that he was allowed to say it. And the whole bar is like, what is going on? Oh and then the guy from Beans on Toast is like, no, let's talk. Everybody's like fucking kick him out get him out get him out and the bartender comes up and is like yeah I'm just gonna kick him out and I was like yeah you should kick him out he needs to go and then everybody in the room and then Beans on Toast guy's like hold on let's try to have a conversation what are you saying are you just saying you're a racist and he like (laughs) he's like from the UK so like the word has a little bit of a different connotation and I don't think he fully understood like the extent of everybody else being like what the fuck (laughs) and finally the guy was like just kept yelling about how he's allowed to say it and it like wasn't making any fucking sense with what was going on in the room <laughs> and finally the bartender was like it's over and I was like yeah you need to kick him out and was so, he was the whole time was he saying the full end no he didn't okay. so he said it twice very loudly and then he just kept saying my friend said I could say it okay my friend kept saying I could say it and we were like but you can't <laughs> like, there's literally no reason yeah, why you it should wild. it was so I, I honestly so, so did I and so did we all was it like in the like song like was he singing was it in no the that guy did not sing it at all no he didn't say it he, was I think he was like, talking the song that he was singing when it happened was about like the immigration issues that are happening in the UK and how racist everybody there is so I don't know why he thought that he needed to say it and where it came from because he Beats and Toast 100% didn't like it's not one of his lyrics <laughs> yeah, I just I wanted I want to talk to this man but I also don't it was wild and his friend to be fair, everyone in the room was like, 
absolutely fucking not. You need to leave. That was not cool. Yeah. And his friend was even like, dude, what the fuck? No. Yeah. And then when they got kicked out, his friend was like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we deserve this. Because but then the bartender came back in and was like, he got very aggro out there and was like real mad about the fact that he was getting kicked out. And I was like, this is like some fragile white males shit right now. Like, how do you not understand what you did was wrong? So, here's why you should be a volunteer for our music life. Yeah. <laughs> you, you see wild things. Wild things. Stories. You never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> but then there was, like, this awkward, like, I felt like a lot of people came up and were, like, specifically apologizing to me in the room, and I was like, I am... That's fine, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> for a second, you're like, you don't need to... Actually, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll take an apology, but like, I okay. <laughs> sure. It was it's interesting, interesting situation. Do you feel like they were apologizing to you because you were the, the only brown only person, person in the room? One hundred percent. That's why they were doing it. They're only probably sitting around. They're like, wow, we're really, like, we're really white here, and uh, she white isn't. Room. They needed somewhere to put their white guilt. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was all coming around to me, and I was like, I mean, I was just as uncomfortable. They're like, holding it. They're like, it's so heavy. It's so heavy. Yeah. This guilt is so heavy. Where do I put it? Yeah, it was wild. They're like, you, you can help yes. us. You can take it off. Of you me. can tell us that we're not that bad. Yeah. We're not that I did, racist. We thanked the bartender as we were leaving. I was like, thank you for kicking him out. Yeah. The bartender, the bartender, I think, had missed like the first half. He was like outside smoking a cigarette. Then I watched him walk in and be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> He's literally like, I left it for five minutes, and And this happens. I can only, as a former, like, career bartender, I can, I feel like I've been in situations not that bad, but where you, yeah, you walk away for a minute, and you come back, and you're like, like, what? It is absolute chaos? (laughs) I don't know. What is going on? What I need to do right now? Just kick everybody out. Shut it down. We're done. Go home. Go home. Start over. I don't understand. Close the bar. We're starting yeah. over. New We're name. Just done for the night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were at Sub T last week. Um, <laughs> in summation. In summation, we worked some shows there. Um, we Twin Peaks reached out to us specifically right around the time of Riot Fest and wanted us to be at their show on November 29th at the Riff. It got moved to the Riv, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think it was at Thalia, but it got moved to yeah, the Riv. It's at the Riv. So we'll be there November 29th. You should stop by and say hello. Mm-hmm. And then our new website is launching next November 20th, which <laughs> another shout out. But we're going to have a calendar on there that you can go on and look at all of the shows that we'll be at yeah. throughout the month. So if you want to see what events you can find us at, mm-hmm. you can find it on our website. Yeah. Yeah. What is the website? By the time this will come out, I mean, it'll be a couple of days before, but well, what is the website? The anticipation. Um, oh, it's shit. going to be ourmusicmybody.org. Oh, hell yeah. uh, super easy. Yeah. Uh, and it'll also be linked on the Resilience and Between Friends website. So if you forget, yeah. <laughs> or if you go to our <laughs> Instagram, it'll be on our link tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll have a calendar, it'll have a a uh, direct link to volunteer applications. It'll have a space for if you're a festival or if you're a venue and you want to work with us, like fill out this form that'll like get shot out straight, like straight to us um, and all kinds of other yeah. really good stuff that we feel like where we found people want access to. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's kind of hard to find right now. So yeah. um, 
And another thing that uh, you remind me, another thing in terms of like, if your band is interested, but you're like, I don't know if we can handle being a music ambassador because maybe we don't live in Chicago or whatever. Like we always get really excited when bands ask us to be at their shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioning Twin Peaks made me think of this. So if you are in a band and you're down with this stuff, um, a really easy way to show your support is to just like holler at us, email me or Al and tell us where you're going to be and we'll, we'll try to yeah. get there. It's for your Chicago shows for sure. It's super easy. Mm-hmm. Venues are very, I haven't, I haven't in my year encountered a venue that says no to us yeah. being if the band has requested us. Yeah. Yeah. So even if it's not one of our regular partner venues, they're usually pretty excited to have us there. Mm-hmm. So you just like reach out to the venue and say, we want to have a booth. The band requested us and they the let band you... actually usually, so the band will reach out gotcha. to us and be like, so what do you need from us? And I will be like, we just need a table and a chair in a corner. <laughs> Gotcha. Not in the corner, not in a corner, somewhere where everyone can see us. Yeah. And they reach out, their um, management usually just reaches out. So gotcha, the, okay. They CC us all onto one big email. Mm-hmm. So like if a band, let's say like there there were some local bands that were putting together a show, they would just like work with whoever was booking it or whoever was working with the venue and just like get you guys yeah. a table there if they Just like ask you to the venue out. if that's cool. And if they if it's easier for the band just to like send my info to the venue or vice versa, mm-hmm. that works too. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So it's actually really simple to get it's you guys at a show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So bands, don't be like, I don't know what to do. Just just, just do it's it. Literally it's literally just sending an email. Yeah. 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 Send yeah. me an email and we will I will do the rest. Yeah. With and you maybe having to do a few things. Or even people bands have reached out to us via like our Instagram DMs. Like Yeah. <laughs> slide into our DMs real quick. Find us. We won't respond. <laughs> Basically. Um probably like Email would be faster, certainly. But I won't, won't <laughs> or Instagram DMs. I'm pretty good about the Instagram, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, it's linked on my it. phone, so I get notifications. Yeah. I might be better on that than my emails. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honestly, Both. I think the same. <laughs> really? It's too much spam in my email. It's fair. like, nah, nah, nah. I just yeah. have so much, like, yeah, so much about my job that gets emailed to me. Yeah. Uh, so I know uh, it's been pretty much almost a year since we've had you guys on. You were our very first interview, our third episode, which I think is cool. Um, and it's really good to have you guys back. Um, I think we could have a little bit more of a discussion about kind of, I know we were talking earlier about like the overall arching topic of coercion, especially in the last like year, mm-hmm. that there's been a lot of other you know, instances that come out where that has involved a lot of bands or bands coming back after trying to recover, like figure out how to go forward with coercion. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, that's kind of a touchy subject for some people because it, it's, it could be easily miscommunicated for some people and they don't understand. So how exactly could you, I guess, define it and then kind of apply it to other things like cross application? Mm -hmm. Um, just read a whole book last night about coercion culture and how like we live in this like society that is like built around a lot of times it's called rape culture but her argument was that calling it coercion culture makes it a little less intimidating to people to hear the word because a lot of times if you throw rape culture out there people are like well are you just assuming that like we're okay with rape because obviously we're not okay with rape but (laughs) well and and people want to make the argument that like rape only looks one type of way right and like so rape culture implies like one type one of thing. thing. Just like yeah, yeah. One type of rape. Whereas coercion culture is this idea that like 
you know, when you're little and a boy's mean to you and somebody's like, well, that just means he likes you. And like this whole idea that we're going to continue like people treating you badly or t- trying to talk you into things that you don't want to do and make you seem like the bitch in the situation if you say no, because like, well, they did all these nice things for you or they bought you this or they let you come into their show for free or they brought you backstage and like you now owe them something because of like what they gave to you. Um, was the question like how we like move past that like in our culture because I, I think mean, that it, it could be we could go either way yeah. so whatever your thoughts are on it I think that like this whole idea of consent culture which is like what we push for and like pushing to make it normal to like talk about what it is that you want in a situation and like what it is you're comfortable with I think a lot of times young people aren't being taught that and so then adults don't know how to do that either which is why our whole extent of our job is like talking to young people about being able to like stand up for yourself like say no and understand that you're allowed to say no even if someone brought you backstage at their really cool show and like (laughs) (laughs) let you hang out in the green room doesn't mean that you owe them shit like that was their choice they did it um yeah and then just like not letting shitty people get away with that behavior which I think is like we're getting a little better as a culture to call out people and like hold people accountable but at the same time like Sometimes bands are still allowed to, like, go back on tour after we know they did, like, really terrible, shitty things. What was the book? Oh, well, it's, like, a chapter of the book. I'm reading Sex Plus by Lacey Green. I, like, today I spent all day writing a lesson plan on coercion and consent for high school students. So I was just reading that chapter to help me. Juicy. Yeah. It's really fun. Lots of really fun scenarios for If, you, if you're not a high school or a high middle school student, you're getting, you're getting some hot tips. Lakeview right. High School, if hot you guys tips. are listening, I just did your whole thing. So hopefully you don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> if you hate them all, it's fine. I remember last time uh, when you were on, we also talked a lot about cancel culture and, and the call out culture. And like, I mean, obviously in a year it has changed a lot. Um, we, we kind of talked a lot about me too, cause it was kind of like in its first beginnings last time. And now I think we still are talking about me too, but it's definitely kind of moved away from like that as the movement and more into just, you know, post me too. And now where we're at in the culture of like, everybody's sort of calling everybody out on Twitter and, and trying to get like all this attention for these, these, these bad things people have done. And obviously like, that's probably where we should go. Like people should be held accountable and people should be, um, you know, you should be like, Hey, yeah, this person did this bad thing. And there is no like legal recourse. There probably won't be because of how the law treats people when they commit crimes, uh, Brett Kavanaugh. But, (laughs) um, yeah, there's, there's just been so much that's happened, and I think the, um, I don't know, we could kind of update it a little bit. I also uh, was watching something on YouTube the other day that was like, yeah, we have like cancel culture, and let's talk about everyone who's been canceled. Bill Cosby's selling out tours. Uh, Louis C.K. is showing up and getting standing ovations at his shows. Uh, I saw a video of Harvey Weinstein at a comedy club. Yeah, and, and a girl got in trouble because she yeah. called him out. Yeah. People were booing her. And I'm I was like, like what? Or why are we not booing Harvey yeah. Weinstein? Yeah. So how is it like that we we went on the internet and everybody agreed, like, this is a bad thing. This is a bad person. What they've done is bad. We should not support them. And yet somehow everyone is doing just fine. And I know it's because they're white men, but I want to also argue about it as like a, a bigger part of the culture. Wait, did <laughs> you just say fact- Bill Cosby is selling out shows? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is he? I thought he was still, is he not in jail still? 
Oh, that might have been, and that might have been before. No, I don't know. I, I was just yeah. was, No, Bill Cosby is in jail for. Is, I think I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, most of his I, sure. I know. It was, it was before. It was oh, like okay. it was like random was examples. Still, before no, even he got people in prison, he was still doing really, really yeah. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just sort of like random examples okay. of like, you know, men that are are doing bad things that are being held accountable. Who are? I mean, Bill Cosby being the only person who actually went to. Well, Harvey Weinstein's going to trial, I believe. Yeah, but he, he was just at a comedy club. Like, yeah, he's, not, yeah, like, he's, he's fine. still there. And you also have to remember, Bill Cosby was the only, well, aside from Aziz Ansari, but Bill Cosby's the only like person of color. I know. Oh, for he sure. Was immediate, yeah. He was in prison, but then we yeah. have Harvey Weinstein, who's a rich white dude. Yeah. And Brett Kavanaugh, who's. And the who's, president, honestly. And the president. And the president. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. probably we, most listen, of his cabinet. He's orange, <laughs> but it doesn't excuse it. Yeah. He yeah. is technically yeah. a person of color, it's just not a color that. A person should be. <laughs> I've been hearing some stuff lately about, like, basically, we have this whole, like, accountability thing wrong in terms of, like, thinking of it as here is a checklist, and once you can check all these boxes, you have, you know, processed or you have been held accountable. I'm doing a lot of air quotes. <laughs> um, you have been held accountable, and, like, you know, you're good. And, like, the problem with that is that, like, accountability is a, is an ongoing thing. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a, you're constantly processing and growing and learning and trying to do better. And so, like, if you even go into it with this notion that, like, you can graduate from the harm that you did, like, you're already doing it wrong. Like, you're already (laughs) messing it up. And, but, like, with that, too, like, it, you know, thinking of, like, well, what, what's next? Like, what's going to happen? Because we're sort of... We've seen, as you said, like, we saw the first wave, which was all these people getting called out or getting, you know, accused or their stories being tra- shared, right? That was kind of, that's that's happening or has happened. And now we're in the second wave of, like, okay, well, what do, what do we do? Like, what do we do with this information? Um, because, you know, as you mentioned, some people, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And they just keep getting to walk around in the world, um, like, you know, nothing ever happened. And then other folks are being immediately incarcerated, which is also trash. Like all the, <laughs> yes. Every avenue is bad. So like, I think I'm really excited to see like how folks who are like hardcore in social justice spaces, like process this and, and make sense of it. We're, I don't want to speak for you, but I don't feel like I'm, like, smart enough to, like, figure out, like, what, (laughs) like, the solution, but, like, I feel like the, you know, what we've said before and what we'll always say is, like, ultimately, whatever the person who experienced the harm wants is, like, the thing to do, Mm -hmm. certainly, but then even if you can accomplish that, like, you, I still have, I still struggle with the idea that that person can then just be handed, like, all their power and, Mm -hmm. their platform back, like, that feels grimy to me. Especially knowing that sexual violence in particular is, like, rooted in power and control and, like, the desire to have power. So it's, like, you you do all these things and then you just get to, like, go back to having this position where you could arguably, like, do all that grimy shit again. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I think that's, like, where, like, my disconnect from where, like, people go on Twitter and just, like essentially to me talk shit about people that do bad things (laughs) is like, yeah, of course they did bad things, but like there is no, 
there's no legal recourse. So there's no way to like have quote unquote justice uh, on that person to prevent them from being able to commit that crime again. Yeah. Putting them in jail, like I agree with you, is like you're not putting them in jail for like a purpose. Like they're, yeah. they're, it's not rehabilitation. It's not getting them to like change their behavior. Uh, you're just sort of saying we're not going to allow you to have that because a bunch of people on Twitter are telling you not to. Mm-hmm. But it's not like there, there's no real tangible thing you can do to somebody. And I think that like for a lot of people that are witnessing it, they're like, I, I can't do anything. So I'm going to talk mad shit in 140 characters yeah. and hope that that makes me feel better. Yeah. And I don't think uh, I mean, I don't do that. I don't go on Twitter and complain about anything aside from maybe like you're some, hardly on Twitter unless I send you. Something. I know. Yeah. Although I do. I do uh, argue about television shows sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, aside from that, like. <laughs> Uh, and some terrible bands. If the band yeah, was yeah. a really bad record, I'll complain no, about that. No, when Ronnie Radke came out, you were like, oh, yeah. you were on it. I will you go in on, on Ronnie Radke because I think he is trash. He has not been. And that's not even a thought. That's like proof. That's just actual. It's just actual. I literally, it's real life. I, you could throw something away and go, bye, Ronnie. So um, you <laughs> could just call your trash Ronnie now. We see if maybe Ronnie Radke was our beef with us just so we can just be like, but you're trash. Shout out to <laughs> Ronnie Radke. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Hope he listens. He's a, he's also the kind of guy who would respond to me on Twitter and go, "No, fuck you, man." Yeah. And be like, and then be like, "He's not on here," and I'd respond, and he'd be like, "Well, I can't say that to a, to a girl." Yeah. Be like, say no, it. he'll say like, it to oh. a girl. Yeah, then I'll just be like, "Yo, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Are, also, you, are you gonna throw a mic stand at me? What? Yeah, but also proving your point. Yeah, also proving <laughs> the did. point. No, dude is like, dude would legitimately like That's do nice. all the things. Yeah, he he would one hundred percent. So like, I don't know the mindset of somebody who would go on Twitter and actively like try to argue with somebody or try to get, as I can only assume, like some amount of like their own like, like catharsis out of that. Like knowing that something has happened and that it is so despicable and you as a person learning it years down the line or or completely outside of your realm of like people you know and yet you have no way out of that emotionally especially if it's like a hero of yours if it's somebody in a band you listen to if it's all that it's like i don't know how to deal with that so i'm going to go on twitter and and argue with that person or or try to call that person out and it's like mob justice rather than like real like something that changes and I think it's also like on the other end, making somebody who has done these things think it's just people mad at me on the internet. Yeah. I can get over that. It's yeah. like, no, you've done a real bad thing and you will not come to terms with that because you're seeing that the only justice you're going to get is a bunch of people bitching on the internet, yeah. which yeah. isn't really anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that the other thing about it, I feel like there. there's a little bit like you're saying where you're kind of like this is my outlet to process these feelings I'm having Mm -hmm. about like being really disappointed you know like maybe this is an artist I really love or like they wrote songs that you know live in important parts of my memories and so I feel shitty about this and I want everyone to know how shitty I feel like certainly like that's part of it but I think another really big part of it is folks wanting to separate them or like distance themselves from the bad behavior also Mm -hmm. like and I feel like we might see this more just because like the notion of like talking about sexual violence is like kind of like Elle said like you say rape and everybody's like (gasps) but like so I feel like it it comes up more when we're talking about like racial justice stuff where people want to 
be so badly want to be like, well, I'm, I'm white, but I'm not like the bad white people, yeah. you know? Yeah. So like, I'm going to like go hard on those <laughs> bad white people, quote unquote, because then that shows that I'm like far from that right it's, so, like, it's yeah. like i'm the real ally here and yeah you aren't. so but is it like what barack obama said where it's woke culture oh oh yeah that was also yeah. a spicy take on obama's part big time i was really surprised somebody made yeah. the made the comment like he's doing him and michelle are doing that now because they don't want to be caught up in anything like like people looking yeah, back at like his no, presidency and like the things that he now did with, like the new presidency coming up it's like oh yeah but obama did yeah. xyz yeah you know everything yeah so like it's that. it's like it's like they're trying to separate themselves from that ahead of time and i'm like you did bad stuff obama like yeah you, you did like, bad stuff you're, you're president it's honestly yeah. it comes with it we i need, mean it sounds shitty but we need checks on a is. lot of it but you know at least we have legal recourse for a president doing bad things hopefully that all works hopefully. out for us yeah. in yeah. the next year but we're not getting into our political episode but do you do you think that it comes from woke culture i guess what is can you like define woke, woke yeah, culture? I, I think really it's know. i think it's kind of exactly know, but, you know. i think it's kind of exactly how you said it as like especially with like white younger people is like, I don't want to be seen that way, Mm -hmm. but I also don't think it's anybody doing the real work to, to learn about it. It's Mm -hmm. people who just are sort of like, no, no, I'm one of the good ones Mm -hmm. rather than being like, yeah, I've educated myself and I, I, I'm doing these things and I'm, I'm putting my money where my mouth is, so to speak. Like I'm actually doing the thing, not just talking about it, not just going on Twitter and and complaining about somebody, not just jumping on with other people. And I, I think a lot of the times, like, being able to use the internet to do that kind of stuff, and not that I'm, like, defending people, because I don't really have that strong of an opinion on any of these <laughs> things. Um, but I think if you just don't know what to do, like, you want to help and you want to make a difference, and in your head, like, putting mm-hmm. something on Twitter is, like, your little bit of stuff that you can do. Also, the internet exists, and there are ways that you can, like, find to get involved, but, for, like, for people who are very introverted or who, like social interactions like intimidate them like coming to an arm using my body training might be just like way out of their (laughs) like comfort zone I think like having that place to be able to like put your stuff out there is like one positive thing about the internet but yeah at the same time it does create a lot of people just like posting things and like saying what they want to change but nobody Mm -hmm. actually putting any kick behind getting anything changed i mean i think it was really great to start with like social justice definitely at the beginning like it was more grassroots and just to spread information but Mm -hmm. now it's you know people you can talk to people and say hey did you like read this in like ap news or like you know washington post and they're like no i just saw it on twitter i'm like well that's i saw the headline yeah that's That's the the problem when people don't read the articles and then when they repost the articles and then you're like you didn't even read you didn't read you don't understand what's (laughs) going on this is not right headlines are commercials for the content that's in there like when all the trump supporters at rallies recently have been wearing read the transcripts t-shirts and it's like obviously we read the transcripts that's why he's literally getting impeached like (laughs) Like, did you fucking read the transcript (laughs) probably not because can you read (laughs) damn you you probably had the the Fox News like my, this is my like first spark book. notes yeah not even spark notes it was like this is my first book on Fisher Price <laughs> wild we are five hundred one c three nonprofit organization oh, you're right. so Sorry. can't have any feelings about it technically on the record <laughs> I'll edit that out don't worry yeah, off the record <laughs> if I didn't edit it out sorry <laughs> <laughs> shit my editing but I think that's the whole thing with woke culture is that you know especially 
when you just have everything coming out at once. It's so much. Mm-hmm. And more people are more prone to be attracted to social justice because it's easy. It's like everyone knows like LGBT and race relation issues for the most part as examples. Whereas if you're like, all right, guys, let's talk about what's going on over in like Saudi Arabia. You're like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Yeah. And it, it's easier to just do it because it's a logical like well, if I go from A, I can go to D, and there's, like, easy steps. Mm -hmm. And it's easier for people to digest and understand in that way. And, I mean, it's good and bad because you learn a lot more, and people are able – people who are also, like, very educated in certain topics that you maybe didn't learn in school, for example, they can say, like, hey, these are, like, really – you know, remarkable women and POCs in the past that, like, we don't talk about. Mm -hmm. And that's great that we're able to do it, but it's so hard because not everybody has – a high media literacy to understand to a certain point, nor do they probably feel that they need to do anything outside of that box. And it's also, you know, how much does it impact them? That's the other mm-hmm. thing. If it is like, again, like the white ally savior complex, it's like, I tweeted about it. That's it. Mm-hmm. We're done. <laughs> Got him. Yeah, Got him. Um, yeah. I mean, I think something that can maybe hopefully feel a little, more uplifting <laughs> that um, <laughs> this past weekend I was at uh, this big conference called the Young Feminist Conference and it's like organized by teens like for teens mm-hmm. I'm on the I call the the grown up caucus like I am one of the adults who <laughs> basically just like makes the phone calls to like make sure it can happen <laughs> um, that kind of thing like super logistical like everything else the teens are responsible for which in and of itself is like very exciting like 200 kids show up to this thing like it's a it's great um but one of the the topics they specifically wanted to talk about like have a panel about with actual journalists was media literacy and like how do you know when news is fake quote unquote fake news like how do you know like what news sources to trust and things like that and I felt like I was so excited about that because I totally agree like especially when I was a teenager I was like yeah PETA environmental rights like things like that because like that was what was accessible to me and that like and that like made sense I was like yeah I'm a vegetarian like don't test on animals like got it like sure you know and same with like feminism stuff I'm like yeah like equality whatever done you know like I'll put it on a t-shirt I'll wear it um (laughs) but so it made me feel really excited that they were like pushing beyond that like a little farther digging a little deeper in um and so I feel I hope that that's like a general sort of attitude of young folks um because if so I think we're gonna be just fine yeah that's that's really inspiring (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) that is very inspiring yeah (laughs) And they also wanted to talk a little bit too, like kind of like calling back a little bit, like they wanted to do something basically like, okay, like me too happened. Now what? Like, what do we do with mm-hmm. this? Like, what do we, now we've all like <laughs> essentially ripped off this bandaid and exposed all this trauma that maybe we weren't even super familiar with us having. What are we going to do with it? Like, how do we make art about it? How do we write about it? How do mm-hmm. we like share our stories in a way that feels good? Like. And that, I feel like, is also kind of the next move in this whole process of, like, public accountability and, like, public, like, processing and healing and stuff is, like, more and more artists and just, you know, people coming forward with their stories in, like, cool, creative ways. Like, you know, I'm still over here talking about Nanette, the Mm -hmm. comedy special. Yeah. Like... (laughs) 
I'm still blown away by things like that. So I hope to see way more of that mm. as all of this progresses. To backtrack a little bit, I actually, um, one of my friends at work, we were having a conversation about a band that had some sexual coercion allegations against them. And one question he actually posed to me, which I thought was kind of interesting, was that how do, would somebody in a band, like say they're a front person, how do you decipher like having a fan like come up and you being like, oh, this is cool. And then being interested in them, like sincerely as like possibly a romantic partner, but then it escalating. And then how do you know where that boundary is? Like, how would you be able to describe it? And I thought that that was actually really interesting perception. Mm-hmm. And if, if that relate, if that could even work, because I've obviously there are some, you know, people who are in bands mm-hmm. who, are, who married fans, which, you know, great, that worked for them. But how does that affect those in bands now because of all of this, you know, new, you know, motion of making sure like we're keeping these um, safe, like safe spaces, but not taking advantage of the fans, but still also like trying to have their own lives if they yeah. feel like that yeah. that's what they want to go for and do. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's as scary as it like that sort of sounds. I think age plays a big part in it. Like oh, yeah, if you're time. an adult male or female, if you're an adult musician and the person that you're interested in is an underage fan then obviously that's creepy and weird um <laughs> but maybe we should like outline like the hard nose and the yeah hard no <laughs> hard no they're underage underage hard no they should come up to you after the show and they're highly intoxicated and cannot mm-hmm. move um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or consent maybe they can move but they're very very drunk yeah what are some other hard no's uh I mean, I think it's, like, it's really, like, the power. Yeah, that's what I was going to, like, it's the, the age is a big part of the power. And I think that, like, if you're a human and you're interacting with somebody, you can tell if, like, they're genuinely interested in you because, like, yeah, maybe your music is part of it, but also, like, they're attracted to you and they think you're interesting and, like, this is, like, an adult equal conversation. Yeah. Not, like, a conversation where this person is just, like, fawning over you and, like, thinks you're amazing and just, like. Yeah. It's, like, this weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, a different dynamic of how you guys are feeling about each other based yeah. on, like, the fact that you are a musician versus just, like, yeah, you happen to be in a band that they like, but also they think you're interesting and cool and yeah. talk to you on, like, a similar level. <laughs> I think that, yeah. I'm going to make kind of, like, a wild um, comparison, but it feels like it makes sense. Go like, for come it. with me. Um, I, I heard recently in a training that, like, the notion of perfection is, uh, like... Uh, symptom of white supremacy and I was like cool I'm just gonna keep talking out my ass then <laughs> doing great, doing great. Um, oh yeah we're, we're really taking your hand on this one we're really we really want you to lead us let's uh, fucking go I am uh, down great. for this um, now there's so much build up no so I'm just it makes me think hearing you talk about it it makes me think of like you know conversations within the hospitality industry of like people thinking that their barista or bartender or server wants to smooch them just because they're being nice mm-hmm. and like not understanding the dynamic of like no it's literally my job like I have to do this or or at the very least like this is my job persona like I don't have to do it but this is like how I talk to people when I'm working or whatever you know um, it makes me think of like if you're in a band you have to also kind of like know like 
people are going to come up to me and want to talk to me and be really interested in me because I write songs that they identify with. Like, they don't actually, like, know me. They just know this, like, sort of persona of me. And so, like, you have to sort of understand that disconnect of, like, like you were saying, like, is this person, like, excited to talk to me because they're idolizing me or they're a fan or are they excited to talk to me because they think that I'm cute and like we have similar interests <laughs> yeah. and you know all I mean, of those I think things it can even, not idolizing because that is a big word but it can start with them just like being very excited about your yeah. music that you make but as the conversation progresses like making sure that it stays not stays but feels equal mm-hmm. and not yeah. just like yeah they're idolizing you I have a friend whose sister-in-law ish yeah was at a Lord Huron show and the bass player saw her and now they're engaged. He like saw her from the audience and like found her afterwards and then they like talked and now they're engaged. Hmm. And like a very cute like... Now now we're all still having that false hope. I know. When when my friend told me that story, I was like, the bass player just looked at her in the crowd and like found her afterwards. I was like, that that didn't happen. Or you hear that story about really grimy, like, 70s rock musicians. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like really Motley Crue. Yeah. And then you're like, exactly. so it can go either way. It can be yeah. really cute, yeah. or it can be like, mm. Yeah, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. I mean... I think, I think it has to do with power. It does. It, like, at the end of the day, it has to do with power, and it has to do with, like, um, yeah, not... I don't know. Maybe, maybe what we're saying, too, is, like, if you are a person who holds power i.e. a musician of some, you know, reputation or or whatever, like, you have an extra responsibility to, like, sniff this stuff out. Like, you have Mm -hmm. to be a little more diligent. You have to be a little more, like, thoughtful. Like, when we talk to young people about um, negotiating consent while they're using drugs or alcohol, it's like, we're never saying, like, you literally cannot. We're saying, like, you just really have to slow down. You really have to communicate more than you would think. You really have to, like, be more uh, aware of everything, you know, da-da-da. And so, like, I think, again, like, if you are the person who holds power in that situation, like, you need to kind of, like, take the wheel and be, mm-hmm. do better. <laughs> be best. <Yeah. laughs> You got me thinking about like whenever I meet like somebody I idolize in a band, you know, and and just meeting somebody who I'm like, I like your music and I would like to hang out and talk to you. And it's still like I meet them and I go and I just have no idea how to talk to or communicate with them. I like never talking unless they like come up to the table with our music, my body. Like one of my favorite bands played at Sub P a couple weeks ago and I went and saw them and they were like hanging out outside afterwards. Motherfolk, who I've like seen three times now and like I talked to they have a girl in the band who has like great hair. Last time she played it, she was a couple like last year. Afterwards, all I did was like ask her what shampoo she used. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is what a fucking talk to musicians I like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna ask her what her shampoo is and then yeah. walk away. But yeah, we were walking out of sub tea a couple weeks ago. And my roommate was like, why don't you go talk to them? And I was like, the fuck am I gonna say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I really like your music. It's great. Bye. Yeah. Like yeah. the, the I don't only know. thing I could justify is be like, hey, I have a podcast. Can we talk? <laughs> I did. And that. that is it. Yeah. I cannot do anything else. I did else. that. I thought about like going and plugging our music, my body. They're not on. <laughs> They've never been on. Well, yeah, on. I really love having working in uh, in media and other in other organizations. So I can just be like, hey, I have this. Can we talk to you? Yeah. I have yeah. no other way I of knowing how to speak yeah. to brought you. Brought up our music, my body, with them, and then I was like, no, I don't know what to say. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I uh, I contacted the press person for Enter Shikari when they were coming to town. 
because I wanted to interview them about climate change because that's what their whole like American run was like they were going to climate protests and they like, started their show off with a speech that this like 17 year old girl gave in Austin and like that's how they were starting their shows after the first day of their show they're like oh shit we recorded this it's planted all of them and they never got back to me they, they got back to me like at first and they're like yeah I can I can throw it out to them like just give me like a little more info and then never got back to me and then I was at a bar like right next door. Is that a Lincoln Hall? So I went to the the bar like right next door, and we we're sitting near this table with these two people, and it's like pretty empty in there. And then all of a sudden, the bassist comes in and sits down, and I was like, "Well, I mean, I have to say something." <laughs> so I I waited until like you know we were about ready to go. We like close our tab, and I'm like, I'm just gonna you know say. I was like, hey, uh, my name is Brian. I'm sorry to interrupt you guys. I just wanted to say, like, I really am a big fan of your band. And uh, thank you for all that you're doing and, and all the attention that you're bringing to this issue. I, I, I want to let you know that I also contacted your press person. And I was hoping to, like, interview you guys. And, like, if you ever want to do it, like, I, I'd love to have you guys on. We can always do it over the internet or something. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, thank you. It was really nice. And, like, just had a quick conversation. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to the guys. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. But... <laughs> Thank you it's, so much. It's like, yeah, fine. I, I appreciate it. Like, that's why I kind of lead. I'm like, oh, hi, I'm Lizzie. Loved your set. I'm also in a podcast. Can I interview you? Yeah. I mean, a little bit more confidently, too, but that's all I know how to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, just, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I handed my business card. Here you go. You never know. <laughs> I do that to ask people out to on dates. I just yeah, do that. you got it. <laughs> We're going to request that you stop doing that. that. I never. <laughs> you know, last time I did it, it's, uh, we're friends. <laughs> Oh. Well, it's so actually I, the last email karaoke I had a crush on somebody and I almost put um, my number on one of our buttons that we make at our table and gave oh. it to him but then I, I oh, chickened out and didn't do it maybe we, should, maybe we should make buttons that have like a Ooh. just my name on it like my phone number <laughs> your face if you're into me come <laughs> no, up to, come up to the table we're not giving out numbers a consensual like button cute consensual pickup line kind of that would be cute look at that Something, yeah. Not like I feel like putting like a like write your number here would be like a little aggressive. Yeah, very aggressive. Like, yeah, thinking of cute things. That yeah, see, that is for Valentine's conversation. Day. Yeah, would you guys ever do like it a could work. Uh, like a, a consent like stoplight party or something like that? What's a stoplight Ooh, party? It's I don't where know about you that. wear like <laughs> so you wear like red, <laughs> yellow, green. If like, like any of this. depending on like your relationship status, so you wear like mm. reds, so you're taken, you like go there with like, like, let's say like uh, a group of people go uh-huh. and then like you all hang out as a group, but like you might be wearing red with your, your partner. And uh-huh. then, uh, if somebody is single, they wear green so that everybody knows like who's single and they can go and like talk to other people. So it's kind of like, well, a, then what is wait, yellow? what's yellow? Like, you, it's complicated. I don't know. Is what like, I, I don't it's know like, if it's you want to get into the, it's complicated I went to scenario. In the South, and so the sororities and fraternities throw these parties yeah. all the time. And I remember they would like always, I was a bartender and they would all come into the bar after those parties and the shirts and I would just be like this is weird yep. whenever I asked what the yellow meant nobody had like a solid answer on what yellow meant I don't I mean, really maybe, think you're supposed to wear yellow in this yellow. new age it could just be like in an open like, relationship yeah that's that's what, that's I, what I, I feel like it could hmm. be non-traditional uh, yeah. relationships partnered but yeah but traditional stoplights yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean I think if if someone was throwing that party and then they like for some reason wanted us to be there <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the chain of like contact that would happen uh, yeah. I feel like my stipulation would be like 
okay, we need to have a conversation about how, like, just because someone's wearing a green-ass shirt doesn't, doesn't mean, mean that they, they want to talk to you. Smooch you or whatever. Like, then, okay. Because, like, that makes me think, too. Like, when we were at a festival once, this dude was walking around with these little, um, it was, like, basically a, a raffle ticket that had, like, a, that said, like, do you want to fuck on it? Ooh. And he was, like going around and giving them to people and it was like he was like it's like a it's like it's consent right like i'm asking them and like they can say no da 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 and like we had you know attempted to have a more nuanced conversation of like the fact that you're even doing that is like (laughs) crossing people's boundaries super hard before you even talk to them like and the fact that you feel like you can like get away with it is like really grimy <laughs> like all these things like <laughs> i think yeah so it's like here's the thing consent's way more like nuanced and complicated yeah. than it yeah than you can't it. just wear a green shirt and like yeah. be down for i don't know i don't like those parties but that's because i have flashbacks to all the sororities and oh, fraternities yeah. oh, that's in fair georgia but yeah maybe if we could have a conversation <laughs> and someone invited us there like, I, I know school. that, uh, <laughs> I went to art school. this one, like cover band show I went to, they did it. And I mean, they had a lot of people there. It was like a meetup, uh, event. Oh. Um, yeah. So they had like a bunch of people there, like for that meetup and it just happened to be a stop by party at a show. So I'm like, well, I mean, it's all worlds colliding here, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's the <laughs> same like, group of like, the chaos. it's yeah. the same group of like, you're, you're inviting in this situation into a venue <laughs> And it's, it's like, oh, it's college all over again, yeah. but it's like, you're out of college. Now you're in the big, bad real world and like yeah. hoping for the best at yeah. Cubby Bear in Wrigleyville. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. Listen, I play at Cubby Bear Wrigleyville quite a bit and they're a wonderful establishment full of lovely people. They can't control who Wrigley comes in really wasted. That's, that's a whole nother monster. Can I say yeah. something that will just show how naive and like how much of a goofball that I am for the uh, for the longest time I thought Cubby Bear was like a bear bar like a gay bar oh, oh I nice. okay. no mother <laughs> was playing there once I was really stoked that was the same band that recently was at sub T and I didn't end up going but I thought the same thing but then someone was like no it's in Wrigleyville and I was like I don't want to yeah. drive over there that's I it took me till someone I don't even know who but somebody was like playing there and I was like that does not match up <laughs> before I questioned it at all <laughs> um, For those listening at home, Mushroom just curled into the tiniest little ball. Yep. She's very cuddly. Especially now that it's winter. Especially. Um, we've got a little around 20 minutes or so. I want to be sure that. Of actual content that you can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, all right, now it's time to start the episode, guys. Yeah, all right, guys, let's go. begin. <laughs> Delete. Um, no, I just want to make sure we wrap up on time because people got stuff and I don't want to keep anybody and Mushroom's got to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, so um, we can probably just talk about the event and and what songs we're going to sing. Yeah, uh, everyone, what song are you, what My Chemical Romance song are you going to sing? Uh, did you guys get tickets? To- I did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had 10 computers I up at work. One want. of them got through. <gasps> That's wild. Uh, Did you I, see I, that? I kept it up for him and it didn't go through. I'm so sorry. Uh, 
They're not doing a tour, music. right? They're just playing oh, one they're gonna show. Oh, they're going to do a tour. They're they're gonna, they're, they're, but the ticket that you got wasn't for... What, it was it's just LA for a one-off. One. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. So they're, yeah, I booked a flight out to LA and I booked a... One of our interns also did that. Oh, really? Let's hang because yeah, I'm going pretty much by myself for the rest of the weekend. I'll talk to them and see. When is the show? December 20th. Okay. There's people saying that they're going to line up overnight and I'm like, let's. we're not doing that. No, you'll be fine. No, I'm going to... No, we're not doing that. Did you see the tweet that was like, I can't believe the Chicago Teachers Union bargained the Yeah, I retweeted yep. that hard. <laughs> I, w- I actually, I had night class. Um, God, when was it? Yeah, I had night class that night. I went to class and there's a girl who is a sh- in the Chicago Teachers Union. And I was like, yo, so thanks for that. I appreciate it. She was like, so much. and it just went over her head. I was like, thank you. Yeah. Like, Halloween's better. Yeah. Even though I'm in this class. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, so, 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 so the event is this Wednesday, November 20th, November 20th at 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 9 p.m., but you know, come early, the bunch is open. Come early, <laughs> it's fun, the nice, you can chill, yeah. game, play some video oh, games. it's great, yeah. Also, if you want to, I don't know, scope it out beforehand, if you're a nervous person, <laughs> um, they are doing a, like, winter coat, hat, scarf drive. It ends right before. Gotcha. The event. I think it ends the day before. Yeah, it ends yeah. the 19th, so. Yeah. so. Go a day before. Go a day drop before. off your stuff. Or- drop off your stuff. Yeah. Um, so what songs are you guys going to sing? Here's the thing. Well, you may remember the last time that Omen B was on this podcast, we talked about karaoke Mm -hmm. and Matt Walsh said he hated karaoke and Mm -hmm. And I replaced him with that. I have Elle who's wonderful and (laughs) talented and brilliant and also... (laughs) hates karaoke. I do. Oh, so. But Damn. I might make an exception. <laughs> we'll see if I have any beers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just kidding. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What song, what song would we do if we did one? Do we have to oh, do are a you duet? saying we're doing a duet? Oh. We, earlier you asked if I would do a duet with yeah. you and so, I said no. Obviously we would do Islands in the Stream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have. Uh, yeah, is, that a, is that a cover? It's did a ho- did Hawthorne Heights do a cover of Islands <laughs> in the Stream? Yeah, their entire <laughs> process. She yeah. loves Dolly Parton. True story. I do. Truefacts.com. I oh. am Dolly Parton's biggest fan. I get um, that. Uh, <laughs> I would have to do like an All American Rejects. Are they emo or are they yeah. pop? Okay. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll put them in there. Yeah. They, the All American Rejects are the very first concert I ever went to. And my mom paid extra so I could meet them afterwards at a meet and greet. I was 12 oh and God. I said zero words. And I <laughs> came out okay. and my mom was like, what'd you say? And I was like, literally nothing. I had Tyson Mitter sign my piece of paper and like ran away because I was <laughs> madly in love with him, which is wild because I was like 12 and he was probably like 18. And I remember thinking he was so old. <laughs> and then he grew up and married a girl named Elle just to fuck with oh. me. Her name is now Elle Ritter. Oh my god. Oh wow. This is what I used to write on my notebook in middle school. (laughs) Over and over. Wow. All American Rejects would probably be one of my songs, my song choices. That's good. What? Uh, The Wonder Years. What emo song would I do? I have, I, okay, so I love karaoke. Mm. My. Jam that like brings the house down is Mother by Danzig. Oh, but I don't yeah. know if that fits in the. 
I don't know if all I the emo kids there would know, unfortunately. Like, we would know. <laughs> we would definitely I make, know. Thank I you, make Lucy, some exceptions. <laughs> I make very few exceptions, yeah, but I make some exceptions. Yeah, you'll never play Jonas Bullers for me at Emo Night. Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm with them on that one. Yeah. I don't like but, any of this anymore. <laughs> It's like it's like still within the realm because like you know misfits and 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 Danzig and, yeah. and all that and it's in the same general genre. And I was definitely listening to that while I was also listening to Fences Fail and Brand yeah. New and like all the bands yeah. in high yeah. school. So the overlap is there for me personally. Yeah. Uh, what else? Yeah, I mean. It's unfortunate that Brand New is, like, officially off the table. Yeah. That would have been the song we would have done together, yeah. probably, but we yeah. can't do that. We'll have to look into it. Correct. Um, <laughs> yeah. What was it? What was I... Newfound Glory was, like, my jam. Would mm-hmm. No? Okay. No. <laughs> no. no. I, before Riot Fest, I, my friends were joking that I was, like, cramming for a final. Like, I started listening to all the bands that were playing Riot Fest that I hadn't listened to in years, but yeah. I was, like, really excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, for, like, two weeks straight, that's all I, I did the same to. thing. And then I, and then, you know, like, Since His Fail was a big one. Learned that the lead singer is, like, a low-key gay icon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, super here for it. Oh, yeah. So, maybe he also, that's at some point, decided I'm just going to wear the best short sleeve button ups. Yeah, 100%. Like, what the fuck? How do I. He's, where he's are really they from? Like, just uh, like the best gay icon. I don't know why yeah. anybody's really not picking up on him, to be 100% yeah. honest. Oh his, my God. And his party his shirt tweets, name is too. So good. Yeah. He comes uh. for people on Twitter, too. Yeah, he does. Did so you, bad at do you want to know? This is okay, so this is a deep cut. Um, <laughs> do you know how Drive Through Records had a DVD that they put out in like the early 2000s? Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen it? Are you mm-hmm-ing? No, like I it? know about it. I've just never seen it because so I've done research I think on that, it. <laughs> I honestly think it's one of the DVDs they have at Beauty Bar for Sunday nights okay. that they play like on the, the, on the, the background yeah, there. The back. Yeah. Oh, wow. To like have it like playing in the background while they're playing like a oh, bunch of music. Wow. Well, I'll bring my copy in case you want to do the same. Um, yeah. But no, but like it was, <laughs> I watched it so many times when mm-hmm. I was like, you know, whenever it came out, 16, 17. Um, and because it was like, honestly, only a third live performances and two thirds just all the dudes in those bands like being idiot teenagers and yep. stuff <laughs> <laughs> on tour. And that's when I fell in love with Since It's Fail. Because they played the best pranks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their pranks were the best. <laughs> That's a good turn, but I just felt like this was the moment where this I is, could, like, this be is the, seen this is the space. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely uh, where somebody's going to be driving in their car and then go. I have seen yeah. that. Yeah. Like, I bet yeah. that's me too. They yeah. did play the best pranks. That's right. And I remember one of the members of the band was like so young that he had to do, like, he had to take high school classes like while they were on tour. Mm. Oh my God. And there was like a scene where he was talking about the Great Gatsby. Oh my god! <laughs> the like, greatest piece of literature I ever like, written. I was like reading that in school at the time, and I yeah, I was just like, what? <laughs> Can we both talk about the Green Light too? <laughs> the Great Gatsby is a book about a man named Gatsby. Jay Gatsby, but old of, sport. End of report. F. Scott Fitzgerald. That's how he said it. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Do you saw it on the CBD? <laughs> I think I did. Oh, God. Do you watch it before Riot Fest? I should <laughs> That was part I of your really preparation. I really should have been your Riot Fest <laughs> cram. I really blew it. So maybe I'll do some more cramming and I'll do a Census Fail song. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be silly. That'd be that would be silly. silly. <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah. 
Lizzie, what are you doing this time? I haven't thought that much through. I just stopped for so long. I yeah. know. You had so much time. <laughs> well, I was, so I was time. thinking, I mean, I usually do a Fall Out Boy song, mm. or I did All Time Low last time, but I think it might yeah. be vibing with more Fall Out Boy, and then we have to pick whatever song we do at the intro. Yeah, we do one. <gasps> That's the only one I do. That's the, the only intro. one he does, but we do it to like show people. So yeah. I have a feeling I know which one we're probably going to do. Is it a surprise? No, it's probably my chem, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like, like, it's usually my chem. It's yeah, like, let's just get the But mood. I didn't want to, like, spoil it for people who are listening. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. come and they're going to be like, oh, I wanted to do that If you've song. been to any of the previous ones, it's you probably going it to be similar, if not the exact same. Yeah, so you all better just be ready to get hyped for it. Anyway, so uh, here we yeah. are. But, uh, yeah, but I, I probably, like, Fall Out Boy or my chem, most likely. Yeah. That's all. I mean, that's all I pretty much listen to. <laughs> I, have a, I have a question. So we've done, we've tabled the last two, you know, so we've seen them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure you are a thousand degrees. Um, <laughs> so do people ever do like super old, not super old, like early 2000s, late 90s, like emo stuff? Like, because I also am super into like saves the day and stuff and I don't think anyone ever did that um, when I went before so here's what happens people will <laughs> write down the songs they want to do and uh-huh. a lot of people come up and they're like I don't know what song I want to do and I was like well it's pretty much any emo song and then yeah. they come up with like five bands that are like not emo uh-huh. and like so, somebody be like I want to do Avenged Sevenfold that, yeah. that's not emo and it's like a seven minute song that nobody knows and it's mostly guitar solos and I'm oh, like yeah. well I can't do that but eventually yeah. I just start getting like tired of it and people are like requesting enough and I have like a, a enough people that are, are gonna sing that like I just say write anything you want down and then I just don't pick them <laughs> um <laughs> Essentially what, what the night is, is like, is like you are picking a song and then I am DJing your songs and you are singing them on the stage. Yeah. That's the idea. So it's yeah. like, you still got to play all the bangers because people are not going to be interested in hearing songs they don't know. Yeah. Um, saves the day I think would be absolutely fine. I love saves the day. I would play that. Uh, we also have a rule that we play any Alkaline Trio song that people request because it's just Alkaline Trio. You respect Alkaline Trio, and we love it. So <laughs> if you don't like Alkaline Trio, I need you to get the yeah. fuck out. There are a lot of people. A lot of people are like, "Oh, I don't know the song," and I was like, "Yeah, you should fucking learn." I told you the last time. Like, like you have like all a the time. Problem now. You have all the time. You have a Spotify account. Just all you have to do is shuffle. Alkaline Trio Go. has been around for. Uh, forever forever that's they it give i don't even you, know how long forever they give you their they top five here. songs all you have to do is learn their top five songs all you have to do all you have to do is learn their top five songs what is your what is your like allegiance southline trio like what i just they're fucking just love so good. they're just so good they're from chicago they're very good very nice people Mushroom agrees. I assume. <laughs> uh no i just absolutely love alkaline trio uh and yeah because they're from chicago it's like i mean i think i think radio really got me through some uh big emotional shit yeah. personally um and still does <laughs> yeah uh they sing about chicago a lot they do, <laughs> they do. people from uh, chicago love things about chicago i'm sure you've learned that since yeah. you've Super been chicagoans here chicagoans <laughs> love it yeah, yeah. uh it's the greatest and it's also like one of those things where i'm like i believe that because i have been entrusted with the power of the djing the djing <laughs> That I can play whatever I want. I was like, what is he saying? I just, yeah, I just, <laughs> I just say things. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, karaoke disc jack. I don't know. It's all on, it's all off of my computer. It's not really anything. But, um, 
Yeah, it's like I, I want to play music that people should know as well as playing the music that people want to hear. So I go a little bit rogue with some Alkaline Trio, but that's the only band that I'm like, I'm going rogue with you. <laughs> Everything else is usually like bangers. So people come up and they're like, oh, yeah, I think I want to do like a, a Fall Out Boy song. And I'm like, yeah, which one? And then they pick like a random B-side. I'm like, just do Sugar. Like, what are you doing? Except, except like, I'm, that's me. I'm coming up doing, let me let me do yeah. a B-side. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, no one's doing Sugar. Like, no one's picked Misery Business. No one's picked like... I want to be sins. different. Like Maybe no one, we listen no. to the problem is, Genethes on everybody, repeat for self-care, okay? Everybody wants to be different. And sometimes you just got to be best. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I just want people to like go up there and like, I want them to have the audience behind them because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know all the words. And it's like, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's all going to be playing behind you. I'm playing the music video behind you. Everybody else knows the words or they don't know the words. Everybody's just screaming along with you. People are moshing. People are just having a good time. It all doesn't matter. I just want you to be able to go up there and like have a really good time because everybody knows what you're singing. And you're on so a rather stage. than like, yeah, like take advantage of the fact that a lot of people like I don't have any fucking yeah. singing capabilities, but oh, you're on a stage like. Go this off. is this is yeah. your time to do what you do in the shower or in front of the mirror, like <laughs> or in, in front of a room and have people friends. like I don't know where you're going. cheering for you and cheering in your for office, you. Like, I don't you're know. Describing Al's nightmare. Yeah. 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 It's like karaoke. <laughs> Everyone listening is like getting a tear in their eye. They're feeling so it's inspired. Like, oh, God. And Al is just like <laughs> introvert <laughs> karaoke. <laughs> no, I mean it's Actually, really like a it's supposed to kind of be like that, like confidence boost of like everybody's there for the success of everybody else. Yeah. And like, I think ever since we started doing it, it's always been that, that like community feel around it where like we wanted to do it as the charity events because it like yeah. just makes a lot of sense. Like everybody's there hyping up everybody to do like something that probably makes them feel a little uncomfortable. Sometimes people are like really into it and I'm like, hell yeah. And sometimes people are like kind of into it and everybody reacts the exact same way. They're like yeah. arms up, moshing, singing along. Yeah. It's all just like that. So you don't have to be nervous, but like pick a banger. Like don't don't go out there and be like, I just, just want to do the B side. <laughs> it happens all the time. It's literally all the time. Like, I want to do a my chem B side. I'll let you do it. My chem is big enough. Fall Boy is big enough. Uh, Panic oh, is so big enough. Yes. But if yeah. you're like, I want like this, uh, you know, census fail B side. I'd be like, do bite to break skin. What are you doing? Me, me coming up. Do, be do, like, can I do any Surrey Lang song that isn't best of me? And you're like, ma'am. You can do bedroom talk. Okay. You can do leaving. You can do the other one, <laughs> the one off the island one. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So we uh, will see you on November twentieth. Uh, just want to say thank you to our guests, thank Maggie you and Elle. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming yeah. on. We're and very excited. Yeah, yeah. This, is, uh, this is a partnership that's been ready to happen. I'm yeah. very glad that we could be supporting you guys with this event. So yeah. uh, we hope to see you there. And uh, from all of us here at the Emo Social Club Podcast, I'm Brian. I'm Lizzie. <laughs> I didn't know which way we were going. It's fine. Hey, goodbye. End of episode. <laughs>